stuff. episode 101 of the good stuff kids podcast and i'm your host mike mason you found the show where i talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families on today's show i talk to the songwriting duo randy and dave they are funny and they are total pros they've had a lot of success in the music industry and they're applying what they know to the art of writing beautiful songs for kids and fun songs for kids they're extremely witty. I think you'll get a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous amount of enjoyment from their song, Enjoy It While You Can, which you can find all the way through in its entirety at the very, very end of today's show. I hope you enjoyed the 100th episode with Lori Berkner. I've made a, a little bit of a decision. Uh, one of my favorite segments is the 4 Plus 1 segment. It takes a long time to do and put together. So I think we're going to do it every five episodes moving forward. It gives me a lot of time to compile some great songs that your family will like and one that I really like and that maybe, maybe your family will like too. So I hope that change is cool with you. If not, drop me a line, mike at goodstuffpod.com. That's Mike at GoodStuffPod.com. Challenge me. I challenge you because I am the fastest emailer west of the Mississippi. If you email me, I'll email you back. That's the challenge. Test me. I dare you. That sounded a lot scarier than I intended it to sound. For all of the old episodes, go to GoodStuffPod.com. We're getting very, very close to Thanksgiving. It's my favorite. I want gravy on everything. I want gravy on my cereal, gravy on my pizza, gravy on my gravy. A gravy-wrapped gravy sandwich with gravy on top. That is what I want. But in the meantime, I will certainly settle for a great conversation with Randy and Dave. Thanks for listening. Talk to you at the end of the show. Good stuff. A big welcome to the Good Stuff Kids podcast, my new buddies, Randy and Dave. How are you guys? Good. Doing great. This is Randy, by the way. I'm doing well also. My name is Dave. All right. So you guys have a new record out um, called Life is a Trampoline, and we will get Life to that. On a trampoline. Life on a trampoline. <laughs> Off to a good start. Life on a trampoline. Uh, but before we get that, I'd love to get a little bit of the, the backstory for, for each of you. So I guess you guys can play rock, paper, scissors to see who goes first. Um, Randy's first. Oh, Randy's first. Okay, fair enough. I won that one without even trying. Um, Well, I've been a songwriter since I was a kid, and uh, I was pretty awful for a long time. But luckily, by the time I figured out how awful I was earlier, I'd gotten better. And I was kind of on my way. And in my early 20s, started getting songs recorded by artists, uh, mostly out of Nashville. I was based in LA. I've been based here for throughout most of my career, but my uh, contacts were in Nashville, and people like uh, Marty Robbins and Jerry Reed and characters like that, Ray Stevens, were starting to record my songs, and uh, that carried on. And I got more and more people recording my songs, and have been able to be a working songwriter uh, pretty much my entire adult life. Um, and continued to work out of LA and went back and forth to Nashville for a long time. Had rec- songs recorded by lots and lots of artists. Um, I live here in Van Nuys, California with my wife and uh, my daughter is in LA as well, Maya Sharp. 
who a lot of people will know. She's a great, great artist, writer, producer. Um, and Sharon, my wife, is a, a PhD, a doctor of anthropology, uh, and recently retired from uh, UCLA. Um, and I've played music and worked in music both as an artist and as a songwriter and producer uh, for many, many years. And to the point where I was looking for something a little different. You know, I've done it for so long that you're always looking to stretch and, and uh, chase the art in places you haven't been. And um, th a few years ago, Dave and I started to get together to work on some of his stuff. And I mostly came into that as a producer. But as we hung out more, we started writing more. And I realized that children's music was something I had just only dabbled in. I'd never really jumped in. And he's an acclaimed, amazing writer of children's music. And so we jumped in. And he invited uh, me to, uh, to co-write these records and um, co-produce. And that's what we've been doing. And it's, uh, it's so silly and it's so much fun and it's so different than all of the other sort of rule-based pop country songwriting that, that most of us do where you keep running into walls because, well, you'd never use that word, you know, or you'd never, you would, nobody would put a diminished chord in there. That's just, that's too uh, cartoony sounding. And so this kind of took the handcuffs off and we've been having a great time writing for the fun of it yeah. and imagining the little kids giggling at our, our, our silly jokes and our wordplay. And uh, it's really been fun. Yeah. That, awesome. Yeah. And, and we're going to get to we're going to dig into much of that as we as we go on here. But uh, Dave, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I was a street musician for a long time. Back in uh, the early 70s, I met the volunteer director of the Jeffrey Foundation for Multi-Handicapped Children. And uh, she invited me to perform at their holiday party. And I met these children it just turned out I had room in my schedule for this gig. <laughs> right. I wasn't real popular back then. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I met these kids and I, oh my gosh, we got along so well. You know, they had a variety of disabilities, uh, Down syndrome, blindness, muscular dystrophy, spina bifida, autism, whatever funky thing it might be. But when we were making music, man, we were all equal. We were just having a ball. And I did that for quite a number of years uh, while sort of struggling as a pop songwriter. I was briefly in Tiger Beat magazines and back then kind of in that young pop scene. But uh, it wasn't real remunerative. Uh, but a man named Len Chandler around 1986 or 7, a uh, good songwriter, a friend of mine, uh, suggested I start a record company and do children's music because he thought my songs I'd written with these Jeffrey Foundation kids were my best work. And I said, well, it's worth a try. And then Jim Henson heard that record, and I started writing for the Muppets, and then Disney was putting up some of the production money, so I started writing for Disney. And then other companies learned of me through these products, and I started this little record company and kept it going about 11 CDs now. And it's just I've just been kind of riding that wave, but... It's felt really good because I think I can effect a change for the better in children. And I'm a good listener. And, yeah, I kind of wanted to be a rock star, but um, I'm happy with what I have. 
So what's interesting and different about your story than than a lot of folks that I talk to is they found that they were you know in a classroom and that's how the songs were written. Um, but it sounds like you both just have the gift of songwriting came together and and like the idea of you know the, the idea of affecting change, right? So. For for you, Randy, like the change is like I'm out. I'm not writing uh, like songs for Nashville right now. I'm writing songs that might be a little bit more fun. And and for you, Dave, it's like I want to reach these these kids, and and this is my gift. And I didn't intend on it being my gift, but I'm pretty happy that it is. So it, I know that it, it's hard to talk about ourselves sometimes. But Dave, what are some of the Muppet songs or uh, Disney songs that you've written that we may know? Uh, Mike, before uh, we get all swept away by my apparent magnificent desire to effect a change for the better in children, I'd like to just say that my wife wanted me to make a living and I <laughs> for the children's music pretty well. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was kind of following the money. Listen, I want to honor children and I like children and everything, <laughs> but if 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 the if the income stream had been coming some from somewhere else. You know, I might have done that. I probably would. <laughs> but you know? still, you, pl- but you still. played you played to you played to the natural gift, I think is what I what I was more getting at. Um which I think you have, both of you for that matter. So, uh what were some of the Muppet/Disney slash songs that of yours that we may know? Well, um Billy Bunny's Animal Songs was a sing-along video that was very popular in the mid mid 90s. Uh Muppets on Wheels, um Things That Fly, Muppet Treasure Island sing-along video, sing-along videos for the Muppets. A lot of the Disney stuff, I was the guy who wrote and sang the songs for the puppy Spot, uh-huh. a little puppy with one spot on his back from the books by Eric Hill. I wrote some theme songs for Winnie the Pooh, Hey, Now You, There, Watch the Pooh Bear, and songs like that. Uh-huh. A lot of their uh, Mickey's Fun Songs time is here, are you ready for some fun? Uh-huh. You know, songs for their... their uh, Worked on some of their so TV shows, Bear in the Big Blue House, um, Sing Me a Story with Belle, uh, Sesame English. Uh, I was a staff writer on uh, Webulous World of Dr. Seuss. So I'm good at writing on assignment, and uh, I've never written a, uh, a total, like, credible hit song in the children's field like Randy's done for the, for the country field, but I've written a lot of recognizable songs that, that, that did pretty well. Nice. And and so the the shift from so Randy for you the shift to family music was was uh, you were brought along by Dave a little bit and you have this this partnership so what is it about working together and I think you've hinted at this a little bit but just to sort of maybe dive in a little bit more what is it about the partnership between the two of you that that really makes this so rewarding and fun? Well, I think one thing that we discovered is that there. There may be an area of children's music that hasn't been really mined yet by by a lot of people in that field. And to my mind, uh, it was a chance to get a little bit more rascally, you know. It's a little bit, it sort of winks at Bart Simpson and it sort of winks at Shel Silverstein stuff. And um, all of these, you know, it's, the, the kids are real and they're going through real feelings but it's not overly nice all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, for Dave, that was a chance to sort of stretch into that kind of area that little kids are going to, it's the stuff little kids would giggle at, you know. 
And uh, for me, it seemed like it was it made it more fun to actually put your head in in that a remembering that time, which I do pretty well, and we both do, and thinking of all the sort of little things that that little kids would think would be naughty to do, never to the point of being mean, but still, a lot of our characters, as you may have noticed in the song, are, uh, you know, they're, they're that jerky older brother, you know, that uh, we all grew up with. And um, I like telling that part of a child's experience, and so does, so does Dave. And it was different, certainly different than what I've been writing, and certainly different than most of what Dave had been writing. So we kind of came up with our own little little brand i think in as far as direction mm-hmm. absolutely dave anything you want to add to that i'd like to say that uh, teaming up with randy was really a lucky day for me um i mean we'll sit around and talk for two or three hours and have nothing done as far <laughs> as the song is concerned but it's it's all important because it leads us to something like we don't share or you know right <laughs> some of the things we've written about or that that thing that that thing you do you know yeah yeah uh, and stuff like that just we're, we're friends we've become good friends and we well uh... <laughs> <laughs> and you know i love it that there's no one breathing down my neck listen i love writing on assignment i've done it hundreds of times and I like getting paid. But when I'm working with Randy, there's no other person, a little bit our marketing director, but no other person really telling us what to do. Right. Or saying, well, you can't say the word stupid. Or you can't, you know, say that. Well, we can because we're doing it to honor children. Maybe it's in the language of the person who's saying it. And it's like... If someone glued his lips together because he mistook a tube of toothpaste for a tube of glue, I mean, wouldn't you say, are you feeling kind of stupid right now? Yeah. I mean, stupid is the right word. <laughs> so, but uh, at other companies, I probably couldn't say that. Right. But Randy, I can pretty, actually, he has to pull me back a little bit now. First, I had to pull him back. Now, he has to pull me back. Like, I'm on the wagon now. Uh, yeah, the, glo- the gloves are off. The gloves the gl- are I just, off. I just, I cut every Tuesday at 1030, you write a song, and I... I feel so excited and so revved up and so ready to surprise the children. Yeah. That's what we want to do. We want to surprise the children. Yeah. Well, so that's a, a good uh, a good segue into the the records, right? So the first one is um, is called "Calling All Elephants," right? Um, I don't want to call all the elephants. Calling all the elephants, and um, and there's some great music on there, and but the new one that just came out is life on a trampoline. And I think that like the very first song speaks to exactly what you're saying, right? So enjoy it while you can. So I saw that title and I was like, okay, you know, like I will, I'm, I I had a preconceived notion about what I was going to be hearing. And, um, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> there's like fish being squished, and and like the wordplay is so great. Um, how fun! So t- a little bit like I'm very interested in the process, right? And and especially interested for, with you all having all of the experience that you have for a song like that. How does it all come together? I'd like to say that in that song, 
working with Randy, I mean, every single line in a song that Randy's involved in has to earn its place in that song. And I can come up with a line that seems fine to me, and I'll see a look on Randy's face, this pensive look, and I'll say, well, what's going on? He says, well, I think we can beat it. So in that song, enjoy it while you can. Every single syllable, not just every line. But, you know, when we, when the cat, uh, who's the captain of the crew, is, you know, named Dog Mandu, uh-huh. we call her Mabel. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like, Randy's a crazy person, uh-huh. you know, and yeah. I get to hang out with him, and then it ends up the kids like it. Yeah. Well, so... Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I mean, it's just so clever, you know, like the, like the taste of glue, um, <laughs> squishing the fish, like every yeah, cat it, licks the label. Yeah. Mabel cat licks the label because she likes the taste of glue. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's just, I mean, it's interesting, right? Like to talk to such pros in the field, and and I think that this is a good lesson, and I have a question about this later on, but like, it's a good lesson to aspiring songwriters. That like it's not just the words, right? It's it's the syllables and how it fits to the music, and and it's you got to be pretty like if you want it to be good, and, and maybe this is just the time to ask the question, but you know, and we'll sort of get back to the record. But like, what's what's your advice to to people who are trying to get into songwriting? And I think let's be specific about it: uh, songwriting for kids. What would you like? What would you say are are like two or three really important points? Well, I, I the first one I think is you don't get points for being fast. Nobody knows how long it took you to write that song. When you finally have it ready to show the world, you should show the world your best version of that idea, giving it all it needs to be as good as it can be, as opposed to. And you hear this so many times and. We both talk with young writers and I on a lot of songwriter panels and stuff. The first thing they brag about is how quickly they wrote something. Mm-hmm. Well, so what? You're right. I mean, what does that got to do with anything? You know, it's and usually when they say that, you can see evidence of how quickly they wrote it and how, how poorly it was written. Wow. Uh-huh. So sometimes you just need to ponder it. Dave and I will come back to the same song week after week after week until we know that there's nothing in there that either one of us thinks can be can be beaten mm-hmm. that that is the best use of that that possibility um that is the main thing in my mind is just don't you're asking this song which will be attached to you as one of your creations for the rest of your life good or bad um you're asking it to be all these wonderful things for you uh for a really long time and at the same time, hoping you can get it done by lunch. It doesn't make any sense. Right. If it's that important to you, then put the work in. Make it that good. And if it winds up not being that good, then toss it in a pile that you could cannibal- cannibalize later for another song and go on to something that is going to, you are going to be proud of. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second thing, um, strip it down. If you... A lot of people are way into their their laptop productions and their home productions and stuff and with all the samples and the loops, which are pretty fun and pretty cool. But if you take all of that away and just play your song with a piano or a guitar, whatever your instrument is, does it hold up? 
is that entertaining? Does the lyric and the melody and the chord support um, make that an entertaining piece of work? And if it doesn't, and you're relying on the drum sounds and the you know all of the the synths and the string patches and everything, then you haven't really written a song. Right. You you know you may have you may have made an entertaining record or entertaining recording, but you've not written a great standalone song. So that's a real important test, I think. Yeah. I, yes. Absolutely, Dave. Anything you want to add to that? Well, when I listen to a song, I like it if the song surprises me. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel something. It makes me laugh. Makes me cry. Makes me long for something. Makes me celebrate something. So, you know, when I write with Randy or when I write it with anyone or myself, I just want to bring something fresh to the table. Like with enjoy it like you can, you know. While you can. Enjoy it while you can. Thank you. Enjoy it while you can. That was fresh. <laughs> That's fresh. That's Rich. literally fresh. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, when Aunt Louise puts too much, uh, um, what was it, uh, smelt yeah. on the conveyor belt, you know, right? and then the boss man asks her, please not do that, and she says, maybe I should put the excess in your ear. Uh-huh. I mean, no one was expecting that. I wasn't expecting I it. I was not expecting that, right. <laughs> and uh-huh. it's a little iffy as far as, well, should we encourage children to put smelt in their co-worker's ear. Right. No, but everyone knows it's a fun song. Uh-huh. So, you know, so there there have to be a lot of lines like, should I put the excess in your ear in there? If you're going to write a funny song. Right. You know, you have the jokes have to come pretty pretty quick in a song like that. Yeah. And that, and that, which speaks again to the point that every, every syllable has to earn its keep. Yeah. And the prosody, which is the artful way the, the word set against the music, it has to be pristine. Mm-hmm. You know, we also have a, a test kind of at the end of the process uh, to read the lyric. Does this sound like people really talk? Mm-hmm. And do our characters talk this way? And are they consistently in that voice? Is that character in the same voice all the way from the beginning to the end? Because you hear a lot of songs written where all of a sudden this guy that sounds sort of like just, you know, some kid on the block, all of a sudden he's a, 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 prof- a professor in his language choice for a bar and then he goes on to being that kid again it's real important that when you close your eyes you can you can picture this person doing this presentation in a very uh understandable uh kind of language that we all recognize yeah that's a real important step i'd like to mention to young songwriters out there that randy and i are kind of old school but i think that's a good thing Mm -hmm. because we we value a true rhyme, you probably noticed, mm-hmm. and, and um, symmetry between verses metrically. Mm-hmm. For example, we don't borrow extra notes or leave them off for no apparent reason. Right. Every, every line that, are, that uh, is right before the uh, chorus makes the listener hungry for that chorus. So just some of these basic rules of songwriting um, that you tell the story in a conversational way, yet use poetic devices and, you know... Randy and I pretty much adhere to that, except for when we don't. For example, in Calling All the Elephants, yeah. all of a sudden, Randy decided to put in a tongue twister in verse 5 of Calling All the Elephants, uh-huh. which goes on for, I think, about six bars. I mean, it's just wacky. Right. Hey, if it serves the story, it's fine. 
But if you're just messing up because you're just a sloppy writer, it's not okay. Right. The, okay. The, yeah. No, I think I, I hear that. And I think that it's important, right? Like it, there's a structure and, and to stick to the structure is important. And to be and to honor the craft through the structure, like you can be you can be clever, right? But like it's got to make sense. I think that's a, a big takeaway from what you all are saying. So I'm gonna I'm gonna see how all of this applies to Semolina. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so that's another song on the record. And I again I I will be on I will be transparent and honest on my end. Like I was like oh I know that word. But do I really know that word? So I looked it up and it's um, I'll let you guys explain what it is and talk about the song. And like, I am really interested to hear you guys talk about this, the bridge of the song. So take it away. Well, the bridge, we spent a long time on uh, <laughs> the Internet looking up all of the ways that Simulina is used all around the world. Um, and that premise is one that Dave brought in about, about using that essentially the the heart of the flower um, um, grain uh, and how it has made its way all around the planet and made it into all these cultures and all these foods. And I think it started out more of as just kind of an exercise to see if there is anything there to, to write a song about because it's so weird and, and you wouldn't even think, you know, it's so uh, kind of nondescript thing. Most people don't even know what it is and they use it all day long, you know, but um, that that got us going for the search, and when we found all these interesting words, we even went to a lot of trouble to make sure that they were being pronounced correctly, because uh -huh. we didn't know. We just saw a big list of words, <laughs> um, but they it, it had, and we found some music that was fun to use with it. And there is some, even though it's not a humorous, particularly humorous song, there is humor in the fact that that we <laughs> decided to write a song about that because it's so unlikely a subject. That in itself had some humor to us. Right. Um, that's that's my memory of the thing. I remember calling uh, one of my relatives in North Dakota. Uh, I'm part Scandinavian, um, and I asked how to pronounce Managrinsgrut, <laughs> which is uh, a, a dish that uses semolina. That's Swedish. I'm actually not Swedish. Finnish and Norwegian pr from that part of the uh, isle, but. Um, so we, we went to a lot of trouble to make sure it was accurate. You know what? If you're going to do something, whether it's silly or not, it's important that it be accurate. And um, we went around the world with uh, dishes that use semolina, which is flour. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's great. And, uh, and it applies to, to your rules of songwriting as well. Um, so what are the, what are the plans uh, for, for, related to this album? Is there some... Is there some shows that are going to happen? Is there like what's what's on deck for you all? Well, our our biggest uh, takeaway from this whole project and intent of this project is to get that music out to kids and adults. Oh no! The response strong from adults as it has been from children okay. to these records, uh, just because of their freshness and the silliness and all that. Um, and we hope to continue to make them. We've already written the third album. Oh, nice. We just started production on that last week. And uh, we're three songs into the fourth album. Whoa. So it's right now it's more about us doing doing the work, making the the product, uh, you know, coming up with the songs, coming up with the production and those performances. 
We have talked and continue to talk about live shows, but right this minute, we're kind of in the thick of production album number three. So. Mm -hmm. Also, we're both involved in, in a lot of other projects. Um, at, 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 our, at our core, we're songwriters. Yeah, the Randy and Dave thing is really cool, and we really like doing it, but we also have our, our hands in other, other projects, which are time-consuming and sort of keep us here at the studio. Uh, but one fine day, the time's going to be right for Randy and Dave to go on the road. Hit the road. Yeah. I can't wait for that day. You know, if the money's right and everything's right, plus uh, my wife is helping us uh, <clears throat> license uh, some of the songs. Oh, cool. Um, so licensing is a good business to be in. Uh, and when actually, when I write a song, I don't know about you, Randy, but when I write a song, either with you or without you, um, I'm thinking about the use beyond the first use. Because, you know, I'm a songwriter at my core. Right. And, hey, if I can write a song about a dog without genderizing the dog, hey, I've expanded my audience. Right. You know? Yeah, you know how many CDs dogs buy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe one every 50 years? It's a very smart dog. <laughs> well, you know. Female and a male version. If we're writing a chorus and I'm thinking, well, maybe, you know, an exercise gym might be able to use it someday. I might think about that when I'm, you know, making suggestions on the lyrics. So I know it sounds like I'm a capitalist and I am, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm an artist too. But, you know, songwriters have to think about making a living. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. part of making a living is having as many people as possible enjoy your work without sacrificing what your muse is saying that work should be. So you don't just do things just to cater to the marketplace, but if you can have it both, um, like when I was writing songs to Winnie the Pooh, I accidentally mentioned the word finger and they said, excuse me, he doesn't have fingers. I said, oh, sorry. Oh, whoopsies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, man, yeah. That's not an exact analog, but I mean, there are times when you can make some subtle changes and, and have it be more accessible to more people and it really doesn't hurt the art at all. Nice, um, awesome. So how can, we, how can we find you and connect with you and, and stay up to date when records three, four, eight, 10, 15, 20 come out? <laughs> you can go to songwizard.com forward slash Randy and Dave. Randy and Dave. Songwizard.com forward slash Randy and Dave. And it's out there in the world. It's on iTunes. It's on CD Baby. It's on uh, Amazon. Um, what? It's on all of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, if you just go to your favorite, um, you know, music supply uh, source, and we're, we'll be there. Right. And I will say, your website is top notch. You know, okay. all the lyrics are there. It's really cool. It's fun to read along while you're yeah, while you're listening. I, I, the chord charts are there too. Yeah, and the chord charts are on our our booklets. So yeah. you young musicians out there who might be listening, if you get a Randy and Dave CD, you not only get the lyrics. By the way, in a type size, you can actually read <laughs> um, easily. Uh huh. Uh, but also the chord charts, and you know some of the chords are a little tricky. But if you can't play a chord like exactly how it should be. Just play it like a little, sort of sounds similar to that. But because we do get a little tricky with the chords sometimes because, you know, we're fancy people. You're fancy. You guys are fancy. I get that. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, well, there's, there's another element in here that that just made me think of that is uh -huh. really important. And uh, uh, I grew up as a kid. We grew up as kids in the 50s. And uh, I remember reading an interview with Rod Serling, who was the creator of Twilight Zone and that 
you know, that whole mm-hmm. wonderful era of, of uh, television. And he said he felt like part of his job was to introduce new concepts and words to the audience. And if you go back and lo- watch any old Twilight Zones, everybody is talking very uh, uh, smart. Even the hobos and the, and the characters that, you know, aren't. They will slip in very subtly. They will slip in words that some of the audience is going to have to go look up. And that's, I think that's an important thing to think about. And in our, in our songwriting, we will let a word get in that we know the, that a lot of kids are going to have to go ask or go to their phones and look it up and see what that means. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the music. Those chord charts are on there. And those kids that are struggling to, to uh, follow along, if they come to a chord that they've never seen, that's a good thing. So look it up. It's easy enough. Right. You know, just type it in. It there, it'll show you exactly where to put your fingers. Right. Uh, and that it's kind of a nudge. It's it's not a you know we're not we're not trying to be pretentious about it, but nudging kids toward expanding their understanding, their their verbal uh, world, and I mean their vocabulary world and their chordal world. Those things are are kind of important if you can do it uh, subtly. I think, and that's what we try to do. Awesome. Um, well, thanks guys for your time. It was great talking to you and hearing about uh, the world of Randy and Dave, which seems really, really fun. So thank you again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. It was a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, this was fun. All right, cool. Um, that was amazing. I, I, so like, I, as in a, a musician my whole life, like it's just so cool to hear what you guys put as important and how thoughtful you are about it and like yeah it's interesting right like a person like uh like uh jay-z or something who's just like i go into the studio and i I write my you know and it just comes to me i'm like does it how is that possible like that that doesn't feel like as like i've written maybe a total of five complete songs in my whole life and it's taken me like 20 years you know (laughs) so like i'm more in line with how you're thinking it's not easy i hope they're good mike after all that time oh i would say they are not very good (laughs) i can safely say that (laughs) so i do i have three kids uh seven five and seven five and three Oh, you lucky person. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, man, seven, five, and three. You're in the thick of it. Oh, I am way in the thick of it. The record's awesome. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day and a good weekend. Thanks, Mike. See ya. All right, take care. Randy and Dave, pretty fun. Good guys know what they're doing. They know how to write a song. Big thanks to Regina for helping me connect with Randy and Dave. If you liked what you heard, you can find them on their website. I believe it's songwizard.com backslash Randy and Dave. Hey, if this is your first episode of the Good Stuff Kids podcast, just remember you can find all the old episodes at www.goodstuffpod.com, available on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever it is that you get your podcast. It's all there and it's all free. Now, here is Randy and Dave's song, Enjoy It While You Can. Thanks for listening. Talk to you very soon. My name is Vladimir Flannery, son of Trina and Trish Tannery. Each day we squish a mess of fish into cans here at the cannery. The captain of our crew, a cat named Dog.
Stuff. 